that sprite with the Xanax. <laughs> I heard can that gets actually, you fucked up, dude. <laughs> can, we, can we actually just use the long silence as the intro? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's fucked up on Xanax. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's the Xanax intro. Just no one talking. Oh shit, are we recording? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just an entire an entire podcast right, guys, of just that's silence. The episode. That was the episode. See you next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for real though, that was the intro. Hey guys, we're fucking talking about <laughs> Xanax today. Uh, my name is Raven. You could call me Raven. My name is Micah. I think you could also call me Micah, but uh, you could also call me Sweetheart, Daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Stop. Whatever you want. Stop. You're making me feel weird. What's Aww. up? My name is Ryan. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Some people call no me one the uh, Gangster of Love. <laughs> oh, uh, people have called you that, though. <laughs> the second one is accurate. Wait, you've seen that video, Raven? We weren't supposed to show that, Ryan. <laughs> Wait, which video? Are we talking about Sasquatch hey, oh, again? You're starting I... to forget already, dude. We just ate those bars. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. We just ate what? <laughs> those Zanny bars, dude. We talking about Xanax today. Did you forget? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I did. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what it sounds like on Zans. You just keep saying what and you don't know what's going on. Exactly. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about uh, and you only know it from people giving them to you in the streets, they probably call them Zannies, Benzos, footballs, or bars. Do you guys know any other like nicknames for them? Um, uh, no. no, not really. No, I don't think Be- so. Yeah, I mean, I think you... No, fucking- Beans is... MDMA. No, we talked about that last week. Yeah, we talked like about beans last time. No, Micah. They're not beans. <laughs> I used to call... Allie and I used to call her Mercedes that Benzo. Oh, wow. It's because you like got in and blacked out every time you were driving. <laughs> no, because it's a Mercedes Benz. Oh. Yeah, no. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. Can it, you tell it again? Do we have time? Lay off the Zans, bro. <laughs> you guys both need to lay off the Zans, dude. Yeah, how am I supposed to drink Sprite if there's not Xanax in it, dude? That's a good point. Wait, <laughs> oh, I forget that I, I have actually seen people put Xanax in lean. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do it. It's dumb as fuck because it's like, dude. You mean it's sick because rap music told you you should do that? Nah, dude. I'm a, I'm against <laughs> that, dude. I'm a hipster when it comes to the fucking, to that culture, dude. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to not be like that. I'm so hip that I don't take Xans, dude. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Xanax uh, is what we're talking about today. Xanax is just the brand name for a pharmaceutical drug called Alprazolam. And we will be referring <laughs> it to Alprazolam. It. <laughs> 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 okay, that was a good one. <laughs> 
I'm so sorry, you're we, saying something important? <laughs> we will be referring to it as Xanax, though, just so that Ryan never does that again. <laughs> no. That's the music portion of the night, guys. <laughs> yep, Shout that's, out Xanax. That's all Ryan brought to this episode. It's just that. <laughs> I don't even remember who that song is by. Is that, is that Buckcherry? I don't Lil care. Zan, I thought. That's 100% not Lil Xan. <laughs> so we're going to be referring to it just as Xanax because that's what most people know most benzos as. Um, and Xanax is a prescription, a benzodiazepine. And it is most commonly prescribed to treat, and I say treat in quotation, uh, anxiety disorders, BPD, depression, and panic disorders. And the reason I say treat in quotations is just because saying that Xanax treats anxiety is kind of like putting an egg in your radiator for a week. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's dude. Good example. <laughs> your fucking metaphors are always on point, dude. It's exactly like putting an egg in your radiator. It's like duct taping a leaky roof. It's just All like right, it might work for a second. <laughs> <laughs> or it might work for a, a little bit, but uh, it's definitely a temporary solution. It's not good in the long term, and it's not going to cure you of anxiety. So it doesn't treat anxiety. The best treatment for anxiety would just be therapy. Um, but Fight anyway. anxiety with anxiety, dude. Cancel out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I've never been to therapy, but it sounds Dude, like it would just be take a bunch of LSD and you'll never have anxiety again because you will experience <laughs> so much anxiety. <laughs> you'll just, you'll, it'll like never be that bad day. ever again, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you fight yeah, anxiety. Okay. Take a 10 strip. <laughs> I'll test that. I'll test that. I've <laughs> tested that, dude. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so typically when people hear Xanax, they think of the Xanax bars, which those are the two milligram pills and they're bar shaped and they have little cuts in them because you you are intended to break them out uh down into um half a milligram little pieces or even less than that or even less than that uh but that's typically what people think of them as and the lowest milligram xanax prescribed is a quarter milligram pills with the largest pill being a three milligram triangle and that is extended release i just felt like i should probably say what the variety of Xanax is. There's a couple of other ones, but yeah, it's just a brand name pharmaceutical drug. It is a benzodiazepine. There are many different other benzodiazepines, but we will pretty much just be talking about Xanax, but also go over some of the general rules and uh, things that come with benzos. So... Uh, when talking about the legality of Xanax, Xanax is a Schedule Four drug, which means it has current accepted medical use. It has less potential for abuse than other drugs in the Schedules 1, 2, and 3, which I think is arguable. And the abuse of the drug will lead to little physical or psychological dependence, which isn't true for Xanax at all. Because Xanax or uh, all benzo benz- ben- yeah. benzodiazepines, as we've talked about in previous episodes, like the fentanyl episode, uh, benzodiazepines is one of the three drugs that you can actually die from withdrawals. So <laughs> it's super funny that um, in the federal breakdown or scheduling of this drug, it is scheduled under little physical or psychological dependence, since <laughs> you could literally have a seizure and die <laughs> if Dude, you stop taking it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of, it's one of, of three. 
Yeah. Wait, so and, what, what are the three again? It's it's benzodiazepines, alcohol, and barbiturates? Is that what you said? Or, yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sick. And uh, benzodiazepines were actually created to be a less toxic and cause less respiratory depression than barbiturates. They were created as an alternative because barbiturates had caused so much danger in people taking them. Stranger but, danger. Uh, barbiturates, if we want to just talk about this, that's what they think killed um, uh, uh, not Willie Michael Nelson. The, uh, the, <laughs> you the said guy Willie Nelson? The, Jimi Hendrix. Michael Jackson too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I forgot about that Jimi Hendrix. Um, We're not talking about barbiturates in this episode though. No, but I was just saying because they're dangerous and uh, they created benzos as an alternative to barbiturates. Totally. Because they're dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. But, the history behind Xanax is extremely boring. <laughs> it being a pharmaceutical drug. It's uh, not a very exciting history. It's not it, derived from plants, right? Like at all. It's like fully synthetic. So benzodiazepines as a whole are fully synthesized in a lab. Uh, the pharmaceuticals are. I think there have been studies that have shown that they've found natural occurrences of uh diazepam, I'm pretty sure, but I can't find anything too specific uh, in researching. So I don't want to say for sure that uh, there are no natural occurrences of it. I think that there could be, but for the most part, benzos are completely derived synthetically. Well, yeah, I would I would assume like with a lot of the uh, natural occurring compounds out there, there's probably some that affect the brain in a similar way to benzodiazepines because we have benzodiazepine receptors in the brain. Yeah. They're like subunits of the GABA receptor. So, um, yeah, I assume there's chemicals out there that are naturally occurring that act similar, but they're not going to be like diazepam is found within this plant or right. alprazolam. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've always thought they were synthetic. So, I, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fully synthetic for the most part, but the ones that you would ingest through a pharmaceutical uh, prescription. Um, anyway, in 1955, chemist Leo Sternbach identified the first benzodiazepine, chlorodiazopoxide, uh, and he named it Librium. And Whoa. they saw this as, like I said, a perfect alternative to barbiturates at the time. So by 1960, it hit the shelves and took off as a replacement. Next came Valium in 1963 as the next be uh, benzo to hit the shelves. And from what I could find, it seems as if the U.S. patent for the brand Xanax was issued in 1976. And in the 1970s, uh, benzodiazepines topped the list of the most prescribed drug with one of the biggest brands being Xanax. And it took until the 1980s for doctors to start growing concern for the effects of what these drugs had when it comes to physical and psychological dependence. So there was about 10 years where they thought that this, this new, or more than 10, like 15 years, where they thought benzos were just amazing. <laughs> Part uh, of why the GA probably control, like uh, set that schedule for. Yeah, and it probably hasn't gotten changed since. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Controlled Substance Act started around Reagan administration. Right. So, same kind of time. Yeah. Yeah, with the war on drugs. Yep. That's in our intro, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Fucking shout out Ronald Reagan, dude. 
Yeah, and it's scary to think that they've known about the dangers of Xanax since the 80s, and they know that it's essentially, sorry to anyone who's on Xanax for uh, anxiety disorders, but I don't think it should be as accessible as it is and as prescribed as it is. And they've known it's essentially just a drug that a lot of people take in excess to get high since the 80s. And to me, it has a lot to do with like the systemic racism within the US. If it's back in the day, it was just rich white people going to the doctor who had healthcare that were getting prescriptions for things like Xanax and opiates and able to take essentially drugs as much as they wanted and get prescribed anything they wanted. And and back in those times, historically, people of color had less access to healthcare. So it, it just goes without saying that the, the, the system has always looked down on drug use when it doesn't come from a doctor. So it kind of goes hand in hand with the systemic racism that is put in place by our, by our capitalistic society, that these rich white people were able to take drugs because it was from a doctor. But if other people are going to do street drugs, well, then they're criminals. And it makes no sense whatsoever. But that's, I guess, the world we live in. And ho I hope it's changing. It seems like maybe. Yeah, with the ACA <laughs> uh, law, whatever, um, I can't remember what that stands for, but uh, there's a law that was brought in in 2010 called the ACA. Uh, fucking, let me just look this up really quick. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but uh, since then, it's uh, allowed a lot of people to, you know, get health insurance. Uh, Affordable Care Act um, is what it's. Yeah, but even for. still, like me being a, a a poor person, it's still insanely hard to get health care. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also because of like how much it costs. Like even if you get health care from an employer, you still have to pay a bunch of money every month to be able to qualify for that. And if you're already struggling as it is, it's so hard to afford that. It's yeah. so it, it's stupid that it's that expensive. And that's not exactly what I was saying. That's It's more just the fact that why is it okay to take drugs if it's from a doctor, but not if you're getting it as a street drug because these people yeah. get prescriptions and abuse them and the doctor keeps prescribing. But just because you have a bottle with your name on it, it's okay all of a sudden? No. Pharmaceutical companies have always played a part in governments with lobbying certain laws to get passed to be able to keep selling their drugs. They're just massive drug dealers. But, yeah, you want to yeah. know what's interesting is the company <laughs> that originally patented um, Xanax uh, is called Upjohn Company. Uh, and Isn't it owned it, by Pfizer now? Yeah, in 2020, it got bought by Pfizer. So Yeah, everything is owned by Pfizer. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, fun, yeah, fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shout out but the jab. That's, that's essentially just the background history on where benzo benzos came from. I'm just going to say benzos. That's where benzos came from and Xanax um, was invented around the 1970s and yeah from there we can move into modern times because that's about it it's a, it's a pharmaceutical drug that's made in the 70s uh yeah i mean uh do you want to maybe talk about really quick of like general dosage and stuff uh, or do you want to save that for mike's part well i mean we talked about how 
typically people know the Xanax bars, right? So those are two milligram pills and they have breaks in them um, intending for people to break them. So I'll just say a lethal dose of Xanax. It's because it, 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 benzos change in potency and different benzos kind of break down differently in your stomach and it can react with different things. Um, so Xanax specifically, a lethal dose is around 22 milligrams. And if you're drinking or on opioids while you take uh, Xanax, then it could be as little as 10 milligrams is a lethal dose. Yeah, it's, uh, which is, I mean, still a lot more than what you're generally taking per day. I mean, like what you said earlier, they come in anywhere from 0.2 milligrams to three milligrams. So for right to and, possibly and, overdose at, you know, six to 10 milligrams is. And the crazy thing about benzos, if no one's, uh, if someone listening to this hasn't taken one, if you are like having an anxiety attack and you take like a 0.25 pill, (laughs) I would say that's plenty enough to kind of knock most people into their, into their seat and calm down. Well, yeah. Yeah. The only reason that there's those high dose pills is because people's addiction and tolerance. Tolerance. And these are pills that were just, that were created to be short-term treatments, but because of their addiction potential, people get a you know physically addicted to them. So essentially, the dose has to be increased. Right. Right. No one's just going to get started out on two milligram pills. Yeah, no. and like like we were saying, um, when you start taking a, a, a benzodiazepine as a long-term solution for anxiety, you can't just stop. And depending on the amount you're taking, that can be insanely dangerous. If you're taking like four or five Xanax bars a day, that's freaking 10 milligrams a day. Like that could get really dangerous if you stop. Oh, for sure. And also if you mix that with anything, because that's where most of right. the deaths come from with that like involves Xanax is they're mixing them with like opiates or alcohol or stuff like that. It's a lot of the overdoses aren't from exactly only Xanax. It's mostly you know, mixing it with other stuff. Right. And I think in popular culture, most people think like, oh, I'm going to mix Xanax with alcohol. I'm going to pop a Xanny bar and go drink at the club or something, you know, like I know it's just a mom or it's just a mom that has like fucking, you know, she loves wine. She's got three kids. She wants to blow her brains out. She doesn't have a job. She has Xanax. (laughs) Her husband doesn't give her anything. So she has Xanax. Yep. That's yeah. very, very I, common. I have met a mom like that, dude. Xanax and Dilaudid. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Dude, common. for many years, it was like, that was like what Xanax was seen at was like what like rich, like white, like wives would do when they were bored. They would just like take Xanax. They were just bored with life. So they would just do Xanax. Um, well, was I, was, sh- I was saying that uh, benzos were the most prescribed medication in the 70s. Um, they're still... <laughs> up high on the list is one of the most prescribed medications in the U.S. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't that's, surprise dude, me. Dude, that's crazy because, yeah, it like Xanax itself is not only the most like prescribed benzo, but like benzos in general, like Raven just said, are the most prescribed psychotropic, meaning gets you high medication in the U.S. Yeah. Bam. Like, it's crazy. Everyone can get Xanax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's for that. From what I've heard of anyone going to the doctor for anxiety, that's like one of the first things they try to give you before anything else, really. Is it's like, oh, here's yeah, my next fucking shut up, go away. My girlfriend went into the to the doctor and asked about just like anxiety 
kind of treatments and knowing she didn't want benzodiazepines because she's like literally graduating nursing school next week. And they tried to to give them to her and she she had to be like, no, like I don't (laughs) want that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Every time I've gone to the doctor for like, it was funny when I went to get my medical card, uh, when I first, uh, when I first moved here, uh, before weed was like recreationally legal, uh, they they asked me if I was like switching from like uh benzo ben, from benzos. We're just gonna call it benzos because I have trouble pronouncing things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, no, like, but that was like one of their first questions was just like, oh, do you take this like as your like main thing of anxiety? And I was just like, no, uh, just trying to smoke weed, guys. Just give me a medical card. <laughs> yeah. It's it's scary how common it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, especially in like uh, pop culture and stuff these days, it's kind of taken the turn from being like you know known as like the rich white lady drug to being like what rappers do and stuff now these days. Um, like yeah, people, about every single rap song mentions uh, benzos, if, if not K pins or. Zan- mostly Xanax, and that's what we're talking about. So, well, I would say mostly lean and stuff, but then like the second on the list. Well, I mean, Xanax when we're talking sure. about benzos. Oh yeah. well, yeah, I thought you were talking uh, about like yeah. generally uh, like drugs and stuff. Uh, what Zans were you going to say, Mike? Zans just became a really popular thing somehow. Yeah, in like twenty, like twenty fourteen to like twenty eighteen, there was like skyrocketing deaths. I mean, okay, so in nineteen ninety nine. There were 1,135 deaths from Xanax. Um, and that's not just from Xanax alone. That's like a Xanax mixture with other opioids and stuff. Like, like they're including some of those. Uh, and then in 2020, it's 12,290. So it went up by over 11,000. Jesus. In the course of 21 years, uh, which is fucking insane. Uh, so that just shows like how they're how still much... over prescribing it. Oh, yeah. And then we need to talk about those aren't all coming from the the doctor and prescriptions because it is one of the most made, uh, well, fakely made drugs out there. Like yep. um, counterfeit. Yeah. So little little uh, Zan talks about in interviews saying that he was lucky to get. It, uh, someone's script when taking his Xanax because it's super rare to get Xanax that's not cut with fentanyl anymore. And typically if someone has like hundreds of thousands of dollars and is spending it all on drugs, I'll, I'll take their word for it. Uh, that at mo- he said most street Xanax is fake and cut with fentanyl, which is super scary. Oh yeah. It's terrifying. It's uh, I mean, that's the thing that killed Lil Peep is fake. Zanny bars uh, that had fentanyl yeah. in them, and and Mac uh, Miller, right? Um, I don't think Mac Miller was Xanax. I think it was. I think he was trying to take opiate pills. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember about that one. Um, I th- I'm someone, pretty sure his us. was. Uh, he was trying to take like Percocet or like some sort of form of opiate, and it was a street pressed pill. And it had fentanyl in it. Um, but I'm not sure about that, actually. It might be that he was trying to take Xanax and it was just a pressed Xanax pill. Like, not a, like, illegal, illegally pressed. 
Yeah. Um, I know personally, like in person, I've seen someone have like a Ziploc gallon bag full of Xanax that they ordered off the internet knowing they were fake Xanax. Damn. That's fucked. That's... And I, yeah. That's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them going around. There's like the Green Hulks that are like supposedly killing people because uh, they have fentanyl in them. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, there's just so many drugs that are now cut with fentanyl that are illegally pressed. Like, if you look up Xanax, so many articles come up of just, like, oh, here's how to identify real Xanax versus, like, fake Xanax and stuff. Uh, it's, like, one of the first and things pill, that come up. Pill presses are pretty good nowadays. You can't really tell the difference. Yeah. And you can buy ones. them for rather cheaply. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. But, um, dude, yeah, it's it's wild how how much it's like talked about in pop culture. Like I would say yeah, that the, as, when I, what's up? Yeah. It is like insanely popular in like rap and stuff. Like as little Wayne said, I can mingle with the stars and throw a party on Mars. I am a prisoner locked up behind Zanny bars. Dude, always killing it with the <laughs> metaphors, man. Or just the, the, the fucking play on words. He's always the king shitting of, on him. He's the king of puns, that's for sure. Always <laughs> shitting on him, dude. Yeah, I mean, well, and then, so Lil Wayne, and then there's also, like, one of the first people I heard ever talk about, like, Zanny bars and music was Juicy J. Like, and Lil White as well. Like, the song Oxycontin is, like, Oxycontin, Xanax bars, Percocet, and Laura Tabs. That song uh, goes hard. Yeah, no, I was obsessed with that song when I was fucking fucking off doing doing drugs and shit. That was like my yeah. Album. When I was in like fifth grade, I liked that song, dude. Which just shows you kidding. how fucked it is in pop culture. It's like you're in fifth grade, you don't even know what this is, but you're just hearing it's like, oh yeah, dude, fuck yeah, let's do drugs. And that's dude, exactly what it was in, in like high grade, school for me. In, in fifth grade, I heard that song and I was like, dang, when I get older, I want to try each of these things he's listing off. Dude, and now yeah. that I'm older, I'm just like, no, he's only listing off the gross drugs. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it was for me in like high school. I was like li- listening to these songs and I was just like, yo, I'm trying to be just like these guys. Dude. I'm trying to do all the pills that they like have in their songs. And I went Instead, through a good amount like- of the list. Just be like D12 and Purple Pills, dude. <laughs> That's a way better song to go off of. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Shout out fucking Eminem, dude, D12. <laughs> also, he, um, so he wasn't taking Xanax per se. He, he said he was mostly taking Valium. But he said he had never done a live show not high on benzos until yeah, that- like his rehab album came out. Eminem? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he, he was he always never once did a live show not high on benzos. Yeah, he would do a fuck ton of that, and would also do a bunch of like um, Vicodin, like uh, hydrocodone. Me, uh, yeah, me to sit. What a uh, acetaminophen. <laughs> What's up? He call could a keep that mama spaghetti down, so he's like, I might as well fucking take some Xanax. My anxiety's so goddamn bad, dude. He just couldn't fucking stop eating spaghetti before the show. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he could have just stopped eating spaghetti instead of taking Xanax. <laughs> I can't believe Dude he was owns just carbo- a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti now. <laughs> Dude was just loading up on carbs before a show, then puking and thinking it was not the carbs. <laughs> uh, it's just but- the Xanax, but... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, dude, it's super popular in, pop- in like rap music and stuff, and has been for a while, um, which is... Like you, you mentioned Lil Xan, and I kind of want to talk about him a little bit because 
it's kind of cool that he he literally named his name after Xanax and was like all about it for for years. And then when the whole Lil Peep thing happened, he kind of was just like, and actually he might've started Xanarchy before that. I'm not sure. But around that same time, like 2018, 2017 uh, is when he was just like, yo, like fuck Xanax, dude. Like I'm not fucking with Xanax anymore, which is pretty cool that he's like, his name is literally based around Xanax. And he was like adult enough to be like, yo, like, this is clearly a problem. I'm not trying to promote this anymore. And I don't want to promote, like, you know, my fans to be taking something that's going to kill them. And and also, he said, even he said himself that, like, if he was to continue taking Xanax, he was going to die. Like, so, yeah. shouts out for him to, like, be responsible enough and, like, use his platform to, like, make a better... Um, Message just for for fans, for kids. Um, so little Zan actually said he took between 12 to 14, not milligrams, two milligram pills a day. So 12 yeah. to 14 bars a day. Yeah, which so, is 24 to 28 so, milligrams. So that first number, 12 two milligram pills, that is a lethal dose to somebody without uh, a tolerance. That's double a lethal dose. That's 24 <laughs> milligrams in there. And dude, doctors well, say when you le- first start taking mil- it- uh, Lethal dose is 22 milligrams. Uh, well, typically. when doctors- Dude, doctors say that anywhere between three and six milligrams is way more than you should be taking if you're just starting well, out yeah. taking Xanax. Like if you don't have a tolerance, they say never take over four milligrams a day because when- The, the way that it works when they prescribe it to you is you have to- Because Xanax doesn't really last that long. Sometimes you're taking it anywhere from- two to four times a day, depending on if it's an extended release or if it's like- Yeah, but you can never trust what the doctors say. You trust what Reddit <laughs> and Arrowwood says. Like the doctors told me, don't eat 11 of these Vicodins at once. But you know, I'm, I'm still here. I'm fine. I'm oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, don't take 11 of those at once. Probably. You're probably not going to survive. Or survive. If, you, if you do survive, then you, you, you know, good for you. But- I wouldn't no, you'll just be bummed out because you just took all your freaking pain medication for your broken ankle in one day. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, dude. Uh, yeah, it's insane he was taking that much. Um, and what's crazy is he was taking that much and quit cold turkey, which is like I mean, what we've you- said before is something that no, will can't. kill you no. and can kill you. Yeah, he said he, co- he, said he quit cold turkey and had a, like a bunch of seizures. <laughs> I, I, okay. I also witnessed someone, uh, very close to me at the time quit cold Turkey who did end up having a bunch of seizures, but after your first seizure, you go to the hospital and then they give you more benzos. Yeah. I mean, probably, I don't know. Uh, that's, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. But I, that's just, that's just what he said in an interview. All I'm saying is what he said. He didn't follow up on if he, you know, if went and then went to the hospital and I'm, well, I, I, it, he went to the hospital for sure, but I don't know what the process was after all that. Dude, he definitely went to the hospital probably multiple times and probably dealt with normal ass shit that everyone deals with when they go through this. I'm reading the quote right here from the interview. He said, I just quit cold Turkey and I actually ended up having a few seizures and landed in the hospital. Right. So after the first few, so he would have died. If yeah, which means he didn't technically quit cold turkey because the thing okay, is, is once yeah. you get to the hospital, they start giving you benzos right. to get off of it. 
Yeah, they're not going to just. You physically can't get like like it's it. There gets to a point if you're taking enough. If you try to cold turkey, you will die. That's why people go to twenty four hour watch. A nurse has to sit next to their bed, and watch them, so that they make sure that they don't die. Yeah, that's a good point. Sure, but he definitely didn't quit that way. <laughs> Yo, shout out our producer, fucking Juice, Juice Main, fucking. Yeah, if you hear someone in the background, that's our producer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do want to say just um, just to put this out there, there is a drug that is similar to how. Uh, Narcan works with opioids called flumazel, flumazenil that hmm. you can give to someone that it has taken too much benzos. Interesting. It, it, it essentially um, reverses the effects of benzodiazepines in the brain. But I, went, I, I, just, I wanted to just throw this out there now because I'm just curious on what would happen if you gave that to somebody that was addicted and like on 14 pills. Do you think that would just instantly kill them? I have no idea. No. No, I think that it would just make them go through instant withdrawal. It inhibits activity of the benzodiazepine receptor sites. Right. So then it would hmm. just it would compete with the benzo that's trying to hang out on those receptors. And essentially it'd probably work similar to Narcan and someone would go through instant withdrawal. Well, that's what I mean. So do you think that then they would have to just instantly start eating benzos again? Yeah, <laughs> as fast as possible, almost. Well, yeah, but a different, a different benzo. Yeah, true. That's um, a good point. Yeah, because with opiates, like you can't die from withdrawal from opiate, but you can with benzos. So if you immediately go into withdrawal, that's like super dangerous. But the withdrawal is going to be like the 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 fatal thing is seizures. So sure, as long as you give someone a low dose benzo that has a higher half life than Xanax or whatever it is. Um, when they gave that drug, like it would, I don't know. I I would assume they are able to use that drug effectively because they've been able to keep people alive with it. That's a good point. Somehow. Do you want to explain what a half life is to people that don't know what half life is? Should we just talk about all of the science? I mean, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, I mean, half life is a an an interesting um thing that people will read a lot of the times when they're reading about like how drugs work or you know um just looking up like a certain drug you might see the the term half life uh half life just refers to um that video game that pretty much everyone knows about yeah dude i love that game <laughs> um, are we talking about gta no it's called half life no, <laughs> is there a video game called half life are you kidding me what i've, I've the hell never is heard going of on right now <laughs> Okay, let's just move past this before I start All right, yelling. So, half life <laughs> pharmacologically um, refers to a like peak concentration um, in the blood uh, of a drug. So, after someone ingests a drug, uh, the half life just refers to uh, at what point half of the drug has been excreted from the system. Um, so, it's typically going to be the units for it would be in hours maybe or minutes or something and so a lot of the times you'll see oh a half-life of this drug is eight hours and what that means is that uh, after eight hours someone has excreted or gotten rid of half the drug 
so that means that just because you see half-life duration for a drug, you would like you you should think that the drug is actually going to be in someone's system uh, for double that time, right? Because all that's re- really referring to is, uh, you know, um, the time that it takes for half the drug to get excreted. Um, the thing about alprazolam is that it's actually metabolized really quickly uh, in a liver um, by this hepatic microsomal oxidation process. Um, and this process is mediated by the uh, cytochrome P54 enzymes. Um, similarly, like a lot of drugs that you would see uh, that it use this enzyme are things like opioids. And people will say, hey, don't you know drink grapefruit juice with uh, your drug, like your medication. Um, and the reason being is that grapefruit juice can inhibit uh, cytochrome P54. And that'll end up making the drug metabolized quickly, like too quickly, and can be fatal. Um, the thing with alprazolam is that uh, it's super, super effective at treating a lot of anxiety disorders and even depression um, and other things because of how well, quickly it is absorbed uh, into the bloodstream. Temporarily treat. Yes, tempor- temporarily. Well, not cure. But- I guess treat, not cure. Exactly. And yeah. the, the thing is, is that like it, it is super effective at treating something like a seizure or a panic disorder really quickly because it crosses the blood-brain barrier quicker than any other benzodiazepine. Um, so it's able to enter, enter the central nervous system and start affecting the brain just like incredibly fast. People are able to put a Xanax pill under their tongue and it will dissolve and it will enter the bloodstream very quickly. And that's super helpful. That's, that, that is, like, it has a lot of use for treating things in the moment, right? Uh, if someone is having some crazy experience, some panic disorder, some seizure, right? It, it, it's able to completely treat that, right? And that's right. why they are, like, really effective drugs, benzodiazepines, and especially alprazolam, because it's incredibly potent. And it does get through the blood-brain barrier Super fast. And orally, with this drug, it is the most efficient way to take it, correct? Um, well, sublingually, yeah. Yeah, sublingually. So under the tongue. Yeah. Um, which right, orally would about, be like… Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, I, they, I looked it up and they it comes in like a concentrate, right? As well, like similar to like a tincture kind of that you could just put in your tongue. I feel what like does? I have seen that. I, I read, but not yeah, Xanax. Read no, but Alprazolam uh, does come That's in Xanax. There. Yeah. Re- yeah, I mean, the brand name Xanax. It's Xanax. Okay. I'll pre- that's what we're talking about. Right. All right, whatever. I'll be quiet. Well, so, like, it comes in all forms, but it's still the same drug. Okay, right. Uh, so. But, yeah, you- oral, uh, sublingually is the, the most efficient way to take Alprazolam Xanax. Yes. Uh, just like a lot of drugs, right? Because we talked about that in previous episodes, that if you put something at your mucosa, like membranes, you're going to have more. It doesn't have to go through that first pass effect, metabolism, where it's going through your you know, liver and getting metabolized the same way. Um, so uh, by putting something under your tongue, it's similar to putting something up your butt <laughs> uh, or up your nose, right? It's actually very similar to just injecting. 
don't put Xanax up your butt and never inject Xanax. <laughs> no. Yeah. 100%. Like it, Xanax will be injected in a hospital setting. Always. Like if you are going to the hospital, the ER for having a seizure and you are actually convulsing in the moment, you are 100% going to be injected with a benzodiazepine of some kind. Like… That's just because it's going to get effective. It's going to get absorbed 100% immediately. And it's going to go straight to the brain. Um, but anyway, like once it gets to the brain, um, I know I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but Xanax, like its mechanism of action really comes down to the fact that it is uh, able to attach to what are called benzodiazepine receptors. There's receptors in your brain that hang out and they are pretty much just ready and accepting for this these different drugs um, to come in and uh, tell them what to do. And essentially what they do is they tell GABA, this neurotransmitter we've talked about in the past, uh, to start flooding your central nervous system. And when GABA starts uh, being activated, what GABA does is it inhibits a lot of other neurons from doing what they're supposed to do. And so in a way, when GABA is activated, it's this inhibition of uh, a lot of normal central nervous system processes. And that's where you get things like sedation, right? Feeling calm, uh, maybe sleepy, uh, whatever. And so there's regions of the brain where these benzodiazepine receptors are actually incredibly like robust. There's just tons of them. They're hanging out all the time. And one of the regions of the brain is the striatum. The striatum is actually filled with dopamine receptors as well. And alprazolam is very well known as the one benzodiazepine that activates not only GABA receptors, but also dopamine receptors. And so it creates this reward type feeling. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> so alprazolam is actually well known in the scientific and the medical community as being one of the most addictive benzodiazepines because of the way that it affects the striatum through this dopamine process, the reward pathway that we've talked about in other episodes. And the hard part about this is that it's still being prescribed as the number one benzodiazepine. It's well known that it will cause addiction and that it's even more likely to cause addiction in people who have already had addictive uh, things like alcoholism or even just some kind of drug use disorder. Um, giving someone Xanax is more likely to, you know, they're, they're going to get addicted to it. Uh, not only mentally, but physically. And the physical dependence comes down... There's a big difference between physical dependence and just like clinical dependence. And the thing with, like we've talked about, uh, Xanax, barbitu like, benzodiazepines, barbiturates, and alcohol all have a physical dependence factor to them. And it comes down to a lot of the GABA system in the brain. Um, the action of pretty much inhibiting neurons for so long every single day, inhibiting your whole central nervous system and just keeping it quiet, keeping it sedated, taking something away from that, maybe cold turkey, like we were talking about earlier, like trying to stop that completely will make your body or pretty much your neurons go into this haywire thing. And what's happening is it's just uncontrolled electrical activity in the brain. And the thing is, is that your neurons, I said this in the first episode, they are using electricity to be able to conduct uh, their messages to each other. All the messages are chemical, 
like serotonin and dopamine and all that, those are chemical. But the reason that serotonin could even be released from a neuron is based on electricity. And so the big thing with getting off of benzos or trying to quit benzos uh, is that the brain just kind of goes into this uh, electrical stimulation over, like it, it just gets overdrive. And that's where you will see things like a seizure. And the seizure is, you know, characteristic of a benzodiazepine withdrawal. And it's something that has to be uh, taken into account really seriously for people getting off these drugs. Because, you know, uh, a lot of the times these drugs are prescribed to people for something like anxiety and they'll take it for three years every single day. And then their doctor one day will say, hey, you need to get off of this. But their doctor might not actually tell them that, hey, you need to like taper. And the tapering thing comes down to the fact that you cannot just stop these drugs if you've been physically dependent on them. You have to take a lower dose over an extended period of time to be able to not experience fatal uh, you know, effects from trying to get off of it. A seizure by yourself is very likely to kill you. Uh, having someone there to see it and then call 911, you know, that's very helpful. But having a seizure in your sleep, right, that might kill you. Um, and so again, that's why like Xanax is one of the most addictive and on honestly one of the most scary benzodiazepines in the prescription drug world because of the fact that it is incredibly quick acting in the body. As soon as you take it, you know, it, it comes to full effect. And then it also has that dopamine aspect to it, right? It still affects a part of the brain that actually makes you feel really good. Whereas other benzodiazepines don't. And it's still being prescribed as the number one, you know, anti-anxiety, uh, you know, drug, right? So there's tons of people just taking Xanax, not really understanding how scary it would be to get off of it. And one day they do end up having to get off of it. And likely they're going to have to go through a lot of the times benzo like tapering takes years. If people wow. have been on them for a while, it can take years of you having to take a very small dose every day, like a, a reduction in that dose for a couple of years so that you can get off of it safely. Um, Damn. And of course, if you've been given that at age 70, you're likely never going to be taking off it, taken off of it. Wow. Your doctor is not going to care to try to get you off of it if you've been you know, it's too much of a risk. Exactly. Can, can I back up just to maybe uh, further help the audience understand something that you said about um, uh, the electricity that actually happens within your brain? So um, you say it, it, it takes electricity. And I think maybe a lot of people don't realize that this is actual electricity. When a neuron fires, it hits about... Uh, 40 millivolts of actual electricity Damn. when a neuron fires. Oh, yeah. So is that, like, uh, so when a seizure happens, that's es uh, essentially excess electricity in the brain or, like, brain cells, right? Yep, absolutely. Like, so it's it, literally shocking your brain with yeah. actual electricity. A neuron firing hits around 40 millivolts of electricity. And you have billions of neurons in your brain. Holy so God. imagine... And not just your brain, your whole body has neurons. Yeah. So imagine your whole body going into shock, in a sense, with tons of electricity. Wait, so yeah. can you can you compare a seizure to getting electrocuted? Yes. 
Hell yeah. Because yeah. like, like I just said, it's 40 millivolts for one neuron to fire. Dude. So you have billions <laughs> of neurons. That's that's voltage right there. You could power a light bulb <laughs> with Damn, a seizure. dude. I've been electrocuted a few times. That shit sucks. <laughs> um, dude. Wow. All right. So I can almost say I know what a seizure feels like. And I don't think I've ever had a seizure. Uh <laughs> I mean, no, kind kidding. of you uh, have if you've but been electrocuted. Damn, that's good super enough. interesting. I also read something, or not read. I was listening to uh, and watching an interview uh, with a science science guy, and he was saying that when, um, like, so so Xanax is prescribed for anxiety, but uh, he was saying he has a kind of a theory, and uh, there is some evidence towards this, I guess. I wanted to ask Micah about, but apparently that, uh, you like when you, when you stop taking Xanax with all of like this electricity, all these neurons firing and stuff, you have the chance to end up having more anxiety than you started with because of like these neurons all of a sudden firing up again. And, uh, yeah, and I was curious uh, if yeah, that's exactly. actually true or not. Yeah. So, so part of what happens to why people keep taking it right? Long-term, why their doctor keeps prescribing it to them is that when they're trying, like when they don't take it, like as you build a tolerance, suddenly that dose that you took in the morning isn't as effective uh, at 5 p.m. So now you got to the end of the day and suddenly you're becoming uh, aggressive or, you know, uh, pretty anxious or on edge around all your coworkers, right? And you're like, man, I really need to take my next dose. Well, like the thing is, is that you're going to go home to your doctor at some point and say, hey, my doses aren't working. I need to up my dose. And the doctor's just going to go, all right, sweet. So we'll up, up you up to those three milligram triangles, right? And then Jeez. now you're you're taking those three milligram triangles and it's been six years since you've been on it. And, uh, you know, of course that now your tolerance just keeps building. There's no way it's going to just stop. It's going to keep building. So as long as you keep taking it, the effects of it are going to diminish no matter how much more you take. And they, uh, just like any drug in a way, the more you take of it, the undesirable effects are going to just build up. And so the fact that it's a drug that's treated, like is treating anxiety, taking too much of it and abusing it, yes, it causes anxiety. And of course, yeah, that comes down to a lot of the neuroscience and the brain stuff for it. But again, it's like with any drug almost, like you take a bunch of heroin for three years and you stop taking heroin, you're probably going to be in a lot of pain and depression. Because your body needs that the, those receptors essentially being activated. Yeah. Like it's hmm. just not used to not having that thing. And so if you've been taking something that is, and I'll say this for anyone, all benzodiazepines will give you anxiety relief. Sorry. Yeah. But it's just, they're one of the craziest drugs for humans that. Well, uh, you have natural receptors in your brain. like That it, are literally it, meant for it. It's it, it's part of the whole fight or flight thing. Well, they say anxiety in general is part of the whole uh, benzodiazepine receptor thing is that people who deal with anxiety, they, their fight or flight mechanism in their brain is just kind of not tuned up, essentially. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. Because that's the mm. thing. You could, you could put someone on Xanax, dude, and their house could be burning down and they would just sit there in their chair and go, sick. Yeah. All right. I'm going to walk out really quickly. I don't care to grab any of my stuff. Uh, wow. I'm alive. Cool. I know wow. last year, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't Xanax. 
But I was going through a spell of a couple months where I had just out of the blue, the worst anxiety attacks I've ever experienced for weeks straight. And then I got my hands on some, uh, I think it was lira- uh, lorazepam or something. At his old lamb. And um, yeah, it works. It, I went from having the worst anxiety attacks to where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't look outside. I couldn't check my phone. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do anything to eating a tiny, like one milligram of this stuff. And I was freaking happy as days, dude. I could fucking do anything. Damn. That's super interesting. That's so, the, but the, I think you explained it earlier. The whole like reason of like it even helping with anxiety is because of this whole like response with the GABA, it, like how it yeah. just kind of like stops all of your neurons just from like firing as much it basically just dumbs everything down in your brain right essentially i guess yeah. is that, is that yeah. like a dumb way to say it <laughs> no that's, i mean that's exactly it though honestly is it chills out, it just chills out the brain and the body okay interesting so that's what gaba receptors are like meant to do and just normally right okay like when when you're sleepy your gaba receptors are activated so okay gotcha when you feel calm your gaba receptors are activated uh when you feel sedated and tired, you know, just like all that stuff, they're activated. So think of a drug that can create that immediately. Like that's what they do. And Damn. alcohol does that similarly, actually. Uh, you know, it activates GABA. That's why a lot of times alcohol makes people feel so like calm or like uh, lower inhibitions to be able to talk to people. And that that's actually one of the behavioral effects with Xanax. I think we could all agree on like the people that we've seen who have abused it uh, typically can make people pretty uh, like rude. Or, uh, you know, not violent maybe, but like also, you know, just, just it can make some of the most normal people be uh, bad, I guess. <laughs> the, the person I had uh, that was like super close to me at the time, like I would even consider a best friend who got addicted to Xanax. And I only found out fucking like four months in, like they were hiding it super well. Um, yeah, I ended up becoming super untrustworthy and like, like mean like saying things that they would have never said before and just acting very, very strange. And then all of a sudden found out they were just doing a ton of Xanax every day, even fake Xanax on purpose. Like this is who I saw the like big bag of fake Xanax from. And mm. um, and they were just, it made them into a very not fun to be around person. And it actually ended our relationship completely. And wow. when they got off of the, the Xanax, um, they said that they didn't remember the last eight to 10 months of their life. I've heard multiple yep. stories nice about this where people can only recall like six months at a time out of like years. And it's like, yeah. dude, that's fucking well, insane that you just get so zombied out, which is a term that I don't think we've used yet so far in this episode. But a lot of people refer to like the feeling of Xanax is turning in your, into a zombie. It's scary because that's only something that I've ever dealt with from actual brain damage, brain bleeding, a TBI has made me forget an yeah. entire year of my life. But yeah. that people induce that themselves with Xanax. That's so scary. Why I don't would think you that they that? want that. You no, know, they that's don't not what they're it, wanting. Though. They are typically dealing with something, you know, or multiple things in life that is making them want to just check out and completely forget. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times people take these drugs and they don't actually want to just completely black out, but it, it happens and it's like pretty normal. Like I've seen so many Reddit reports of people that end up in jail after, you know, 
taking some Xanax and drinking with their friends. Right. Um, and, and the weird reaction that happens with um, Xanax is you say you take a normal amount that you're used to taking. Say you take a milligram, right? Uh, like half a Xanax bar. And then you drink one beer. It's it, There's a weird reaction that instantly causes you to black out. And Damn. I don't know what that is well, in your brain. So, yeah, I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is like <clears throat> when I was talking about those benzodiazepine receptors, they're, they're widespread throughout the brain. And they're really, really uh, widespread in the cerebellum and the hippocampus, which the cerebellum is meant for like motor coordination and the hippocampus is meant for memory consolidation. And so what a lot of studies will show is that like benzodiazepines don't really affect or like they're not bad for your long-term memory. So like the things you've already known, right? So someone can be blacked out and they can walk around and talk and do the things that they've grown up knowing how to do. Right. That's how people hide it. Exactly. But the things that they do in the moment, they're not going to remember. It's just not possible. It's literally not going to happen because the drug is affecting a part of the brain that is shutting off the consolidation of what you just saw or learned or witnessed or whatever into a mm, memory. Right. So it's the same way with alcohol. Like people, when they're blacked out on alcohol, they're doing possibly normal activities. They might even drive home the full route and not have any issue, but they won't remember a thing. And it's just right. part of the way the drug affects the brain. And the cerebellum is funny, right? Because obviously, I think most of us would agree, like people who are really fucked up on these types of drugs that affect GABA this way, they usually slur. They usually uh, have bad motor coordination. Like they they walk funny, you know? They should not get into a car whatsoever. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just it's just the way they affect the brain. It's very similar that's to alcohol. Super Which is where the where the... That's where the term bartard comes from. It, <laughs> it's an offensive term. We know it's not PC or whatever. Who cares? It, it is care. a term that people use to refer to people who are addicted to Xanax because they constantly are forgetting. They have no short-term memory whatsoever. And they like slur their speech pretty bad. And it yeah. just are… Yeah. So it's, it's, like, it's like dealing with someone who… It, it, it just… It, yeah. I don't know. No, I've been I'm, around dude, it. I it's not pleasant. It's not no. a pleasant person to be around. I know that they're struggling they're, they're with their addiction. And so you can't really blame them because it is an addiction. And I don't want to put anyone with an addiction down, but it is one of the most obnoxious addictions to deal with Dude, <laughs> when yeah. it it's comes to so, people's actions. Yeah. I had a friend that would do it all the time as well as like opiates and stuff, even at the same time. Don't know how he's still alive, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there were so many times where he would just do weird shit and I would bring it up later and he would just be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, I, that didn't happen. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Like, like The constant, uh, have you seen my wallet? Oh my God, I just had my sunglasses. Oh, dude, just yeah. like always or, losing shit, always forgetting things. So yeah. many days. Oh, have you seen this? Like I had like… Oh, dude, I swear I had like a gram of cocaine in my pocket. It's gone. Dude, I watched you yeah. do it all. No, yeah, no, 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 exactly. no, 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 no. I would have remembered doing that. <laughs> exactly, dude. And it's like, and just like general, just functionality of like, you're you're talking like, I'll, this person I would be like talking to, like trying to like work on something, like work on a project or whatever. Uh, and like all of a sudden, like, you're just like talking to him and he's like looking through you just of like, 
clearly like you're anything you're saying is not even getting to his brain and you're yeah. just like I'm literally sitting here talking to like a wall and yeah. and like I, that same person like I've seen like try to talk to have a whole conversation with whatever nothing and then we go to like leave and <laughs> we were at a friend's house one time and we went to leave and there's like a gate in the front of a house he went to jump over the gate. Got caught, his foot got caught on the gate. Smashed his face into the fucking grass on the other side of the gate, and was just zombied the fuck out. And just got up and got in the car. And I brought it up to him the next day. I was like, "How's your face feel?" And he was like, "What?" And I was what? just like, "You jumped over the gate and fell on your face. How does your face feel?" And he was like. That didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, boom. And I had to like bring it up with like the three other people that were there. And I was like, dude, you have to tell him this happened because he doesn't believe me. <laughs> and then like right. all of us recalled the same story. And he was just like, holy shit. Like, and then skipped so, doing Xanax and stuff. But um, I'll never, I'll never personally understand why people do it because um, me, me as someone who has had brain injuries, uh, forgetting things is the scariest thing I can. I can relate to like I yeah the the year of my life I can't remember scares the shit out of me because I'm I don't know like anything like I can't remember there's a big as fuck timeline that I just don't remember and yeah I don't wow. ever want that again my memory is like something I hold near and dear anytime I like black out I don't like that I don't like blacking out on alcohol so I, I'll yeah. never understand why people do this and know that they are losing memories and forgetting things and just continue to do it. I know it's an addiction. I know it's not people's choice at the end of the day, but some people enjoy it and I'll never understand that. Yeah. I, I've done it multiple times. Gotten, I've done it I've once. blacked out from it, but I've gotten like <laughs> what people consider like barred out, I guess, kind of like, oh, I guess barred out and blacked out are similar, but, uh, I mean, I've done it uh, multiple times and I never really enjoyed it. I always preferred like opiates and stuff over that, which I don't, don't say, I'm not saying do those instead. Like, don't <laughs> fucking do bad drugs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, every time I did it, I just got like zombied out and was just like, like someone could literally be talking to me and I'd just be like, I, I can't have this conversation right now. Like my brain is not functioning. Like just That's felt funny. like a fucking, I felt like a wall, dude. I, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was never a pleasurable experience, but I had done, I, I've probably done it, you know, handful maybe seven eight times probably never I've done once really once, enjoyed it i've done it once and it was a traumatic experience that i will be talking about for the first time for the first episode on our upcoming patreon and yeah. so shout out patreon uh, dude i think we've covered xanax and um the the risks of doing it and the effects it has on your brain. This was definitely way more of a informative episode, I would say. Yeah. Than uh, exciting, but it's, you know, we got to go through them all. We got to hit them all. It's really important. We talk about these things. Well, I just want to talk about real quick. We did mention it. Uh, it, it just harm reduction wise. If you're going to be taking Xanax um, at a party or anything, just don't drink on it. Cause you, <laughs> so many people have stories of, I was on Xanax and I drank one beer and then end up in jail or yeah. you could die. Actually, why not that be a reason? You can die. Especially yep. Xanax is not the most dangerous one to even drink on. So if someone hands you a benzo and you've been drinking, do not take it. It's so dangerous. 
or yeah. an opiate. Or just it's, like what we said before, don't mix your drugs unless it's Molly and LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, don't don't mix Xanax with anything. If you're taking it for anxiety and stuff and you have a prescription, I'm sure well, you know that. Most people and are just also just popping. be just be wary of like if you're going to the doctor for anxiety and, and they bring up, you know, a benzodiazepine treatment as the first thing. Just be a little hesitant to possibly saying yes to that as the first thing. I think that's one of the bigger right. ones to talk about. Because it's very yeah. likely that you will end up being told one day that it is good for you and it's something that you should take. And you should just think of uh, other options. Think of the long term, really, is what it is. Is It's not going to cure you. If anything, it's going to make it worse. And it might be a fucking amazing band-aid for now. It right. might get rid of all the anxiety you have right now. But if you get dependent on it, then it's going to open up a whole new world of pain when it comes to getting off of it. And it's yeah. going to just give you more anxiety in the long run. Because then you're going to be on this thing constantly. And the thought of getting off of it is the only thing that's going to give you anxiety. Yeah. Because you're going <laughs> to think about all the... How hard that's going to be, how long it's going to take, and the possibility of it killing you. It's so. kind of like it's kind of like the same reason I don't take ibuprofen when I'm in pain. It's like you don't want to build up those tolerances to things that you hurt don't need temporarily. Yeah, but it's not going to cure you of that pain in the long run. If you take an ibuprofen, it's not going to cure you from pain in the future. Like it's the same thing with Xanax. Is it, you could take it, and it, it's not going to cure you in the long run. So it's like, I would say uh, Xanax should only be taken for anxiety as a PRN, which is just it, it, like when you're having a gnarly anxiety attack, then yeah. take it. Never, never regularly. Yeah, don't don't make it a normal. Don't make it a habit. Right, if you're going to um, do it. Yeah. And if you're getting high on it, uh, never shoot it up. Never boof it. We talked about in the last episode that we need to talk about boofing more. This is the one. Don't boof Xanax. Uh, and don't snort it. Don't shoot it. If you're going to do it, put it under your tongue or just eat it. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And also, I and just want to test it. Test yeah. the fuck out of it for… Dude, uh, like if it was coming from your doctor, test that shit. Yeah, yeah, because most fentanyl on the streets is not coming from a doctor. No. And especially, yeah, like what I've said earlier, the green hulks that are literally killing people uh, because that fentanyl in them. And like, dude, again, the whole Lil Peep situation, there's literally video of him popping two Zanny bars right before, like hours before he died, like when he was on his tour bus. He fucking pops a Zanny bar, fucking swallows it while he's like laying down, fucking like, I don't know how much longer later, but pops and takes a video of him popping another one. And then you see like video from one of his, I don't know if he's like a producer or one of his friends or whatever, but there's a video out there of him just literally just like passed out in a chair, just like, and no one did anything and just watched it happen. Yeah. And he, I've seen the video. Died. It's fucking disturbing. It's so fucked up, dude. Um, and now, and, and, and let's just say he didn't die from the Xanax. No, he died from fentanyl. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So be insanely careful. If you're going to be taking Xanax that you bought off someone, test it. Yeah. Uh, just shout out to all the people that, all like the people in hip hop culture that have like, especially after the Lil Peep thing, we're like, all right, like, look, like stop 
doing Xanax and stuff. Like, there's a bunch of artists that have now been like speaking out about it. Uh, like, um, like Smoke Perp. Uh, because and they're Lil the Uzi voice Vert. for the youth. Honestly, the youth listens to them and listens to their songs and gets influenced by them. Like we said at the beginning of this episode, yeah. we were influenced by Lil White. And and, uh, and Eminem talking about all these uh, prescription drugs and different drugs that they were taking in their songs. Like I said, I was I was like, oh my God, when I get older, I'm going to try to do every drug in this song by that little white song. That's yeah. terrible. So so what these um, artists, do, like, I'm sure they have to know. Their music influences people to do these drugs. And yeah. the younger people, they're not influencing adults to take these drugs for the most part. Adults know what no. drugs they want to take. Yeah, or, or, exactly. Or, you know, people are younger. People are in, easily influenced to do things that they hear in music, and it's yeah. dangerous to be like you should be taking Xanax because then what happens? A young person goes and buys fake Xanax off the street that has fentanyl and they die. And so I really respect people like Lil Xan, who is completely changing his name to Diego, uh, yep. and going against it and and talking about how you shouldn't do it. I really appreciate that for just, it's exactly what we're trying to do. Trying to make this world a safe place to keep doing substances. Yeah, exactly. So shout out all the people just trying to spread information about it and get the youth to not make poor decisions like the rest of us have over time and just continuing to educate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, you had a list of people you were shouting out? Oh, I, it was just a small list. It was people I already. It was, you know, like Lil Xan, uh, Lil Uzi Vert, Smoke Perp. I think Lil Pumps even came out and talked about it. Uh, there was a video with like Lil Dirk and um, like Vic Mensa and stuff uh, all talking about not using Xanax and that they'd all, you know, done Xanax and stuff like that uh, and just trying to promote the use of not doing that or at least be safe about it. Uh, but mostly just the... Mostly just not using Xanax. Um, so shout out all those people and all the rest of the people that continue to spread the word. Yeah, I mean, there's that uh, I Love McConan song that is like, I don't sell Molly <laughs> no more. <laughs> we need we need people that. to <laughs> we we need more people to come out with I don't do Zans no mo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, dude, fucking Lil Zan, first first song under the name Diego, dude. That's got to be your fucking song. Just a cover, just a remix of fucking I Love McConan. As a society, we just need to like band together and go against big pharma because that's honestly yeah. the the bigger issue at hand. It's it's not okay. I I don't want to pin all of the responsibility, all of the blame on the creators, um, glorifying these drugs, the the artists and things. Um, talking about the uh, these drugs in their songs. At the end of the day, Big Pharma is racking in so much money on these people advertising for them, essentially. Yep. Because maybe what you're buying off the street is fake Xanax, right? But more than that is more people going to their doctor asking for these prescriptions. Big Pharma makes money off these prescriptions. They don't give them away. The, the U.S. healthcare system is not a charity, these pharmaceutical companies are making money. It's one of the most prescribed things in healthcare, and they're making fuckloads of money off deaths, off addiction, 
off just ruining people's lives. It's disgusting. We need to, as a society, band together against big pharma and just yep. the U.S. healthcare system in, in general. Yeah, I mean, it's dude, disgusting. We need free healthcare, and also the fact a lot of people don't think about it. That Not even free. Don't don't even just go free. Don't go full communism. It just needs to be affordable. I right. literally I do sure. not have health insurance because my job offers quote unquote great affordable health insurance. It's four hundred dollars a month. That's how insane. the fuck am I to pay that? That's yeah. That's so what expensive. I was saying earlier is why most people don't have health insurance, even though that their job may like, you know, give you health insurance or whatever. It's not them actually really giving you health insurance. You still have to pay just as much or more than if you were to get it from a private company outside of your work. It's so expensive. Uh, yeah. And it's just, yeah. So I agree with you. Uh, I guess free healthcare is not, you know, really It's not necessarily the, the answer. It, it's affordable healthcare. Right. Free would be great. And it, 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 it sure. is deserved. Absolutely. We pay enough sure. in fucking taxes to get free healthcare. Yeah. And also what people don't really think about with insurance is like, oh, they, I have insurance. It's not going to cost that much because I, I have insurance. But if you don't have insurance, these companies are making so much money off of this. No matter what, if you have insurance or not, the insurance company is still paying however much they say that their drug costs. And yeah, so even though you're paying, what, a $20 copay, whatever, maybe less, maybe more, uh, you are still fucking paying so like or the these uh these pharmaceutical companies are still making the same amount of money whether or not you fucking pay all out of pocket or pay your insurance pays for some of it they're still getting yeah. all that money and it's a fuck ton of money yeah yeah they have they have um definitely way too much money yeah. <laughs> they make way too much money it's a yeah. it's a disgrace it, it, there should be more public outcry well i mean there is a lot of public outcry about how pharmaceutical companies are bad right. um it is sad because i have met people that are sort of have ties within the pharmaceutical company and they even talk about how it's bad and it's just like no one can do anything about it not even the people from the inside so it's like it's just disgusting it's never Damn. U.S. politics are never going to change without a civil war. Let's do it, boys. Oh my God. No, <laughs> don't say that on the podcast. We're not. You're going to get all of us arrested for fucking treason I'm just or some kidding. shit. It's satire. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Literally, no one take anything I'm saying seriously. Pharmaceutical companies are dope. Dude, I fucking love them. Shout out Pfizer, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, this has been Xanax and the benzodiazepines. Uh, if you have anything that you want to uh, kind of respond to this episode, feel free to reach out to us at uh, drinkingoutofcups underscore podcast on Instagram. If you or anyone you know can remember that you are struggling with your Xanax addiction. <laughs> then feel free to reach out to us. On um, I'll repeat it again just in case you forgot. Uh, drinking out of cups underscore podcast. Sorry. Sorry, that was, that was a little <laughs> <laughs> Write this down so you'll remember tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that was a low blow. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me on YouTube and see my outdoor and video game adventures. Um, it is Raven, R-A-Y-V-Y-N. The number two, 
T-U-R-N-T on YouTube.com. You might have heard our producer speaking in the background if Ryan ends up leaving this in. And if you want <laughs> to hear his voice more, follow him at Burt Beyond Bounds and suggest he be on the podcast more, I guess. Or no, I mean, we're not going to add another person. It's, it, we're, yeah, it's a trifecta thing. But he is producing every <laughs> single one of these. But <laughs> you, you could hear him chime in in the background, I guess. But check him out on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, Micah? Uh, if you're trying to find some of those good, good grimy sounds, resting potential bass, Instagram. Also, just resting potential on SoundCloud. Check them out, check them out, check them out. The big fucking fire shit, dude. It's that uh, shit that makes your brain go wop, 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 wop. <laughs> and then will this come out before um, the Groove Damages show? Or should we yeah, the show's one tomorrow night, dude. Uh, oh, so it's not going to come out before the show. Uh, sorry, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, no, uh, so shout out Groove right, Damage. So fuck Groove uh, Damage. Uh, show is <laughs> fire. <laughs> no, shout out Groove Damage. Thank you so much for the intro. Show is fire. Yo, me and the drummer of Groove Damage are going to go see fucking Dead & Company on Saturday, dude. Dodger Stadium. First show of their tour. I mean, it's going to be sick. This is still not coming out before then, so there's no point in shouting it out. Nope, uh, but I'm just going to let everyone so know anyway, I had a fucking fabulous time. <laughs> if there's any way you want to build and a time up. machine and go back in time and meet one of the hosts of this podcast at Dead & Company, then uh, feel free to do so. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, have a good work, work week. All right. Yeah. See you all next week. Goodbye. Peace.